Welcome to Abiding Life Studios. I'm Noah Wells. Today I have with me Steve Reinhard. Hey, Noah. Hey, how are you? Great. Great being with you. And uh, we also have with us special guest, all the way from Alaska, Matthew Dirksen. Did I say that right? Yeah, you got it. Hi, Noah. Hi, Steve. Hi, Matthew. It's great to be with you again. <laughs> great to see you guys. Yeah, lovely seeing you. Um, it's really great to have you join the podcast with Noah and I. And uh, we we met oh a few years ago at one of the men's retreats. Yeah, when you came here to all the way from Alaska to Colorado, and uh, and you know one of the things Mike uh, used to say uh, to me and I'm sure countless others was um, you know friends aren't made. Uh, they're recognized. Mm. Yeah, friendship's not made; it's recognized, and and I feel that way about you. Is like uh, this guy's like an eternal friend. I've known him all through eternity. Like we've got a connection, and I recognize that our hearts are one, and that we share life together. And I and so so that was such a pleasure to meet you. A few years back at that retreat and then to connect with you and and to and to be together today so thanks for thanks for joining us and coming on this scary podcast with two nutty guys <laughs> well thanks thanks for inviting me <laughs> it's good love you guys we love you well so because i because Noah just uh, reminded me that today's the fifth or the 11th of uh, may 2020 for any folks that are looking at this or listening to this. Uh, and we'd like to sh give a shout out. Uh, we had a, one of uh, the podcast guests a couple weeks ago or a month ago, maybe now was uh, Richard Pitts. And we'd just like to uh, sing a shout out to him. Um, I'm about to start crying. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I just appreciate him. I met him at a men's retreat, you know, probably 20 years ago or more or more. And uh, having him on the podcast with us uh, was such a pleasure. And uh, he since uh, this next week or this recently has been, uh, I don't know, not sure if admitted is the right word, but he's in a hospice. And uh, they had a great big celebration for him in Manhattan, Kansas on Friday with a parade and, a bunch of students and singing and drums and uh, celebrating him and his life and and really I think you can look at it and you see it's they're what they're really celebrating the things they were saying was uh, they were celebrating Christ in him which you could see mm -hmm. uh, the, all the beautiful things uh, about him and uh, I'm not sure that that he would say that or not but that's what it sure seemed like to me yeah. Uh, so anyway, I'd just like to send our love and uh, heartfelt prayers to Richard and his family. And uh, so, but so, but that being said, let's start with Matthew. And uh, Matthew, you've really uh, gone through quite a bit of um, I'm, I'm going to say challenging times over the last since January. Right. Or maybe yes. before, I don't know. And we'd love to hear, you know, what, what you've gone through and how that's, how that's been for you. Hmm. Well, thank you, Steve. It's, it has been challenging. Um, I, it's kind of hard to know where to begin. I guess it's in my mind, it started right around Valentine's day. And actually my wife and I went out for a date. <clears throat> we left our two kids, Esther and Michael, with babysitter and went to a restaurant and sat down and talked and she was just really encouraging me to try and be able to grieve, mm. to to be able to feel the loss. One of the things that um, happened years ago was I lost my dad when I was seven. And so that came up and we were talking about that. And then um, the next day, the 15th, our son, Michael, who's seven, uh, 
had a stroke, a really severe stroke. And we didn't know until that it was a stroke until we'd been at the hospital for, for a little while. Well, actually when he was admitted, his right, right arm and right leg were not working. And so <clears throat> that was really scary. And trying to understand what was going on, why, why it had happened. And, and then what to do, you know, cause it's, doctors can only do so much it's really in god's hands and so we transferred to another hospital and they ended up over the course of the next 24 hours i think um they took off part of the left side of his head to relieve pressure because it was building up he, he couldn't talk anymore and they'd actually put him into a coma induced coma for a bit um, and it was really it was really kind of touch and go as to how how it was what he was going to be able to do the doctors said that this the stroke affected a quarter of his brain mm. and in that quarter of course was the function for his right side um, also his speech and I think it's hard to remember exactly what we were told, but it was something about Michael isn't going to be pretty much if for some miraculous reason he would recover to some portion of himself. He'll never be himself. Um, just be prepared for that. And so that was really hard. And just going through <laughs> living at the hospital. And this was right at the beginning of February or middle of February. So the quarantine, the whole coronavirus thing hadn't really touched down mm -hmm. that much. It was taking its course in China, I think, during that time. So um, just, I think it was three days after he'd been in the hospital he also had appendicitis of some sort that might have triggered the whole thing I, anyway we were told he had moya moya disease which affects the blood flow to the top of the brain mm -hmm. and there's some bypass surgery that can be done if they know about it in time which they didn't um but my wife was with him non-stop throughout the time uh my daughter and myself stayed with friends and we'd go to the hospital every day um but i think it was the third day he started waking up some and actually started moving his left hand some and from there it's just been some miracles and god has really um <laughs> brought <laughs> brought us out of the hospital and yeah it's he's actually starting to to actually move his right leg and arm and even do some walking um a little bit it's it's really like we're having to teach him how to walk all over again and how to crawl and but the one of the many miracles is that he's he's his own honorary self <laughs> he's he hasn't his mind his personality hasn't changed and i mean he'll he'll pick up our phones and just chuck them or hide them <laughs> it's like i don't want you guys on your phone pay attention to me <laughs> yeah can, can he talk now matthew yeah he's i mean as much as because michael <laughs> to, to go back before this time he's actually he has down syndrome and that was a huge surprise to us at birth we nobody knew mm. um and so his his talking has always been a little rudimentary yeah. uh, something that we can understand we've done speech therapy with him and mm -hmm. things but we did notice 
that when he was starting to come back in the hospital, that the talking that he was doing seemed to be um, clearer than prior to the stroke. Wow. So we were wondering how much this loss of blood to the left side was affecting the speech throughout the last, you know, mm. six months mm. or a year. I, I really don't know. <clears throat> so has Michael had any other health issues besides the stroke? Yes. Uh, when he was born, he had three holes in his heart. Okay. And so at five months old, we went down to Portland and had, had that fixed. And since then there's been, there's been no issues, but it's always, <laughs> I think there's always been a little fear as to what's, what might happen. Yeah. What's coming here? Yeah. yeah. And so like when Alicia called me that Saturday and said, you know, I need you to come home. Michael's not doing good. I mean, it was, wasn't very clear. She thought he had appendicitis, which he did, but he'd had a stroke and that was the, the thing that wasn't working so well with his brain. Right. Um, but yeah, that was, that was really scary. <clears throat> so if could we um, just back up a little bit and maybe tell us what, to, what it was like, cause you mentioned it was scary and really hard when you were living at the hospital there. Um, like what, if you want to, if you don't want to, that's fine too, Matthew. I just wondering yeah. what, um, like what thoughts were going through your mind? What, what, what other feelings of being, were, were you having? I think as we saw him lying there and I could tell his speech was starting to go. He couldn't say his sister's name. He, and that's something he said a lot. <laughs> he loves his sister very much. And she loves him. And, but he couldn't say Esther. And mm. I realized it was starting to slur, his speech was. Mm. And it was just, it's like shock. It's just like, how is this happening? What, why? What, what is going on? And why, why would this happen? And then I know that during the course of probably a month, probably like 34 days, uh, we only, my daughter and I only went home twice. Uh, the rest of the time we spent with relatives or friends uh, near the hospital. But the first night after the, the stroke, we went home, my daughter and I, and I walked in the house and just everywhere I could see little Michael and, and he like, he's very active. He dances, he runs, he, he just loves life. And anyone that sees him, it's, it's infectious. His smile, everything. It's, you can't, I can't describe it. And I just walked in the house and I was just seeing him everywhere his is dancing and just realizing that his right side wasn't working and it was like I had this sense in me that God couldn't <laughs> couldn't leave Michael on this earth in a state where he couldn't dance it was like God was going to take him home mm -hmm. and I walked into his room and I was just crying just It was this doll. He had this doll from, and like a week before this happened to him, his doll either threw it off the porch or something, and the left side of its head split. And like Esther glued it back together or whatnot. And I was just standing there looking at this doll, and I'm like, this doll, that's just what Michael went through. The, the left side of his, it's like, and I was just, just weeping. <laughs> Poor Esther, she didn't know quite what to do with all that. But I was just trying to impress on her mind. And I told her just to get into her mind what, she's 11, and she's 
really smart. But strokes are not easy to understand. And I think God gave me a little picture. I said, you know, Esther, um, you know when there's a house and all the lights are on um, and then you just start turning all the lights off, you know, at night. And then pretty soon it's just dark. And I said, I think that's, that's what's happening with Michael. It's like the little lights, they're just all turning off one by one in all the rooms. You know, his right side, the speech, you know. And I think it, it made an impression and she was able to, to cry. Um, mm. But yeah, it was, it was extremely hard. I just felt like God was going to take him home because he had too much joy in Michael dancing to not let him dance here on earth again. Um, and so with all these miracles and Michael, you know, learning how to walk again, I mean, you can just see him. He wants to dance again. <laughs> He's just, he hears some music and he starts moving around. <laughs> mm. so, so we'll keep you updated on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be great to get a video of him dancing. Oh, thanks for thanks for telling us about that. I I I have a hard time imagining how difficult that would be to see somebody who you love watch dancing uh, and saying your Saint Esther's name, to not be able to say your name and not be able to dance and, and have appendicitis and you know you guys not. You think he had it, but not know it, and then a stroke, and mm -hmm. not be able to move his arms and leg, and uh, and then to, uh, how I like how you, I like the story about how you were able to shift gears and and say, God's, I'm not, I'm not, God couldn't leave Michael in a state where he couldn't dance. Uh, that's you know pretty beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah it, and I know during that time, Esther, Esther was talking to God, and, and I know Elishba asked how she was, my wife, Elishba, or Eba, asked how, asked Esther how she was doing, and Esther said, you know, I'm doing good, and Elishba was a little dubious and questioned her a little bit. And Esther said, yeah, you know, Mom, I just prayed and talked to Jesus. and I just asked him to make Michael happy. And if it means Michael's going to go home to be with him to be happy, mm. then that's what's going to happen. And mm. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> it's because Michael is a big part of her life. We only have two kids. And mm. it's <laughs> yeah. So how many weeks was Michael in the hospital? He was in the hospital for a little over four weeks. Um, during that time, they took out the section of his brain, pretty good size yeah. chunk, or not his brain, his, his skull, skull flap, they call it. And then um, to basically allow the, the brain to heal from the stroke because it was swelling. And he was, he was pretty swollen, got really swollen up. And then uh, we were scheduled to go to Seattle for therapy because he was he was doing so well. There was some movement in the right side, more reflex, but there was some movement and just how well he was recovering. And so they wanted him to go to inpatient therapy down there. And it was about the time that all this uh, virus really hit mm. the U.S. And we were scheduled... They came in, said, okay, you guys are scheduled to go tomorrow morning early, fly out. Mm. Um, you have to be there by 1 o'clock at Seattle or something. And, and uh, half an hour later, the doctor came in and said, um, you know, I'm not comfortable with sending you guys to Seattle with all the cases of the virus mm -hmm. there right now. And so we're going <laughs> to... Turn tables and we're going to operate, put the piece of his head back in, mm. and we're going to send you home. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, whoa, that's crazy. And it was disappointing in some way because we were hoping for the inpatient therapy 
not feeling confident that we could do that ourselves. Because mm-hmm. it requires a lot. I mean, he's, he's seven, he's probably 50, 60 pounds. And to like retrain him to walk and all those things. Hoping, mm-hmm. <laughs> hoping for a little help. Yes, yeah, help. You're right, Steve. Help. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a huge job, Matthew. The, uh, so have have you guys become his like physical therapist and retraining him to walk and doing all the things that would have uh, been done down in Seattle? Yes, we we have been. Actually, my wife has done most of that. Uh, we've kept in contact with two of the therapists from the hospital and we've done uh, zoom meetings with them once a week. So there's been like two, yeah, two meetings per week and that's gone really well. But in the course of this, Michael is, um, he's, he's stout and my wife (laughs) came up with, uh, some hernias and so she had to get an operation so now yeah it's definitely changed into something that is kind of scary at times mm. you know, taking care of my wife because she can't pick him up or do any sort of um, strenuous therapy with him and I'm trying to help keep that all going which it gets a little crazy at times. So you guys have kind of switched roles from not just being parents, but now physical therapists and caregivers. Yes. And so it's what, and then Eba had hernias from picking him up. Yeah. From picking him up and maybe, you know, over the last year and just probably working with him a lot because mm. you do. I mean, mm-hmm. Not that he wasn't walking or running before the stroke, but since then, yeah, it's been really hard because he was he was toilet trained and then you know trying to work back into that and getting him in and out of vehicles. <laughs> Although there's not much traveling, so we haven't done a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's got to be tough. Um, just shifting gears, I would think to. Mm-hmm. to be in a caregiver and having and having him go back to not being able to walk and or use a toilet and uh, is that um have you got have you got gotten through that because i know a lot of people would be balking at that uh, i think i think probably most of us would find that maybe next to impossible to be able to be in that situation where your kid's way more dependent than he was, you know, a couple months ago. Uh, and my question makes sense. Yeah, it does. And, and you're right, Steve, it, it really is. It's, it's been hard. I've, um, I've <laughs> complained to God a bit about, why is this happening? What it's like, what did Michael ever do? God, why him? He's the sweetest. Well, he does pester his sister, but he's the sweetest little guy out there and just, just like oozes out love from all, all his pores and his smiles. It's like, why, why did this happen? God, um, especially to Michael, you know, I could understand if it happened to me or something, just <laughs> I'm a lot worse than he is. <laughs> but I think dealing with him going back and walking again or trying to get him to walk, um, it's it's been difficult. I've been really discouraged a few days and just like, why? It's like this is just this is crazy. And then we went to a a family function, which is legal now here. Um, and 
yes or no Saturday, I think. And seeing Michael's cousins running around and playing, you know, jumping in one of those air houses or one of those bouncy houses and, and Michael's not doing that. And mm-hmm. a lot of the time he gets around just scooting around on his, on his bottom. And it was hard because, but yet he's so happy. It's mm-hmm. like, he's not complaining about it. He's not, he's not fussing. He generally has a smile on his face and mm-hmm. he's just really happy. And, but it was, it was hard. It was hard to see um, all these other little guys running around and Michael's, Michael's not he's stationary. You know, he, I can hold his hand and walk with him some, but his right leg, the the knee, it's just one of those motor skills that isn't, hasn't returned yet. And so it's it's hard for him to bend his knee. Oh, oh yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Does the knee not bend? It does. It does, but it it takes a lot to, sometimes when he's really excited, yeah, it does. Mm. <laughs> he's just like gung-ho, man, I got to get going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been hard, Steve, to, to do the therapy. And like I said, my wife has done a lot of it. Just, um, we had a little, I think they call it a gate trainer. You strap him in and he holds on and just to like teach him to, to move his right leg. Um, and she's followed him around the kitchen (laughs) laps around the kitchen. You know, she's on a, stool with legs or with wheels on the bottom and he's ahead of her just and she's trying to help help his leg move and you know there's m&ms spaced out around the table you know (laughs) (laughs) but she's she's really put a lot into it and it's yeah it it's changed life Mm -hmm. um but I guess a lot of lives have changed during this time as well, but yeah, something different. <laughs> I, I was going to ask you something, Matthew. I don't know if you want to answer it or not, but I was going to ask you, uh, what was your like real feelings towards God at the beginning of Michael being sick with all this? Hmm, that's a good question. I think I was asking a lot of why. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I was really angry with God. It hurt. It hurt really bad. Yeah. I was, I was crying. And um, I think it was so interesting that my wife and I had talked just the, the day prior to all this coming out about trying to, trying to feel pain and not just um, stuff it, mm-hmm. not just cover it over. Because I, that's my tendency. I don't like, I don't like pain. I don't like, yeah. Um, and so my feeling towards God, I was just talking to him. I was just crying out to God, please <laughs> help Michael. Please give the doctors wisdom and please bring Michael back to us. Mm, cool. So, but there was a lot of whys still. Yeah. It's like, why is this happening, God? What? Mm-hmm. I know we're told that everything happens together, or everything happens for a reason mm-hmm. and a purpose, but it's, God, I don't see it. <laughs> and you don't. When you're in the middle of it, you don't. No, and then here's a weird question for you. Do you think you were talking to God a lot before this happened? Not as much. Yeah. <laughs> I just like how God works things out to get us to start talking to him more. Yeah. Even though, I mean, to me, he always has to turn terrible situations into something good and, you know, opening that door for your relationship with him. Yeah. He could turn that into it. So I was just curious if that's what happened or not. Yeah, definitely. If you're still talking to God or not. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's still talking to God. Yeah. For sure. But, yeah, it definitely, 
I really talked to him a lot mm. in the course of that, that month and really as scary and as stupid and as crazy as everything was, mm-hmm. there was a piece like I normally like really stress about work and money and everything like that. And mm-hmm. it was God just really, I don't know, gave me a piece about it. I wasn't really working. I did a little bit of work during that time, but mainly every day we were at the hospital uh, until they, like the day before he got out, they shut down the hospital because mm-hmm. of the virus. Oh, yeah. And we couldn't go in. But, um, and it was really neat. Also, our church uh, gave us some um, some money during that time to help oh, offset not working. And that was, yeah. um, that was a real blessing. Yeah. yeah. Huge. Yeah. I like those questions, Noah. I like, and uh, uh, so cool, <laughs> Matthew, that um, you just went to the Lord and you felt that peace, uh, kind of an underlying, even with all the craziness and pain, uh, at the same time you were feeling peace, right? Is that right, or am I missing it? I was. I was feeling peace and, and yeah, a lot of pain, just crying (laughs) you just think about it you know michael dancing around and it's just like he's not a god and how's it ever going to happen right well that's and it it is kind of remarkable that you and eva were talking about experiencing pain and grieving loss because this is uh you know this a huge loss Mm -hmm. Uh, even though he's uh he's still with you uh, yeah, and he is he's got the same honorary. He's the, the same Mike. He, he's kind of defied the odds where the doctor said, you know, he's not going to be the same, uh, but yeah. the same kind of honorary Michael who will hide your phones, uh, <laughs> still with you. Uh, and the same guy that loves to dance and who oozes out love is still with you. Um, but there are some mm-hmm. things that are different, yeah. uh, you know, physically that he's wasn't, he hasn't been able to do, but, mm. Uh, you know, it's neat that you were and are, it sounds like, still experiencing that pain mm-hmm. and, and not running from it uh, or trying to stuff it. Yeah, it's it's harder now because just busy with life and working with Michael and trying to keep mm-hmm. things going. and it, It's easier now to like ignore the pain and to like be numb maybe mm. i think there's some numbness that's that's there mm-hmm. but yeah it's yeah yeah i mean you're you're going like steve said you're going through the grief stage even though he's still here mm-hmm. you're going to go through those weird times and hurt and be numb and you know Grief is a brutal thing sometimes to go through. Yeah, have you, um, you know, like that one of the things, I, I don't can't remember all the stages of grief, but except for the one that I always like to go to, which is anger. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, have, you, have you had any experience just um, being angry over yeah. the situation? And I have. I've experienced being angry over... A situation being angry over other situations that come up and you know whether whether it's with you know the kids or my wife or other circumstances and um, yeah and more fear too because you know with with this anyway I don't mean to take away from your question Steve no, I just go. What What do you? But with with this disease, he has the Moya Moya disease. You've got two blood veins that go up through the middle of your head, mm. kind of more towards the front, and the left side. They, they basically restrict, and um, 
cut off your blood supply. The right side kind of branched out with some other vessels and was doing okay, but the left side didn't. And that's where the stroke was. Um, but in the back of our mind, I think I'm always looking at Michael, like, is he okay? Um, is he having a stroke on his right side now? Mm -hmm. Because I know, Lord willing, we're going to have another surgery to bypass. What they do is they take um, like a, some blood veins and a little bit of muscle from on the scalp and they take mm -hmm. it and they put it in on the brain and they sew it in wow. and wow. the brain actually recruits blood vessels, those blood vessels to like supply it. So they did that on the left side after the stroke and when they put his skull piece back in. Um, but we're talking about when we're going to have the surgery done on the right side to help um, alleviate the risk of a stroke on the right side. Mm. But we're, you know, giving him aspirin every day to help thin his blood and Keppra to keep him from having any seizures. So, but yeah, in my mind, something, you see him acting a little differently and it's mm. like, oh no, is he having a stroke? Um, and I know we took him in, <clears throat> we took him into the hospital again, I think because of it, I, it's hard to remember what all has happened, but there was a concern that he was having another issue. Then we took him back into the doctor. It, it was okay. Mm -hmm. But Good. yeah. It, yeah. I think I'd be running around kind of gun shy myself. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm wondering when the the next shoe is going to drop if you know if the uh, the moya moya is going to affect the left side and this is what the I mean what could what could happen with the right I'm sure I'd be asking myself those questions and um, and you and you mentioned uh, you know feeling sometimes angry with the kids or your wife and uh, and so you know I'm just curious as as uh, going through this. Uh, ex experience is, you know, really difficult and scary experiences. Uh, I mean, just on all outsides uh, accounts, it looks like you and Eber getting along good and she's able to, even with having a hernia, take care of him and do everything. Um, but I want to, you know, like do my normal question is like, is that true? Or is that just like you're putting on a good show here for us on the podcast? Like a, <laughs> I'm pretty sure like Barb and I would probably be thinking about committing murder, like murdering each other or. And <laughs> so, yeah, sometimes it, it does look like a good show and we've had, yeah, tension, um, problems, arguments. I can't remember anything right off the bat, but yeah, it's definitely been, uh, it's, it's not been easy. And there's been conflict and anger and working through and saying, I'm sorry. And, <laughs> but it's, it's not perfect, Steve. No, no. Well, I, and, I, I'm feeling really close to you now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if it was perfect, it's like, we are going to have some teaching. We got to have some more men's retreats because I got to get this figured out. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't, don't, yeah, definitely have more men's retreats, but, uh, no, I we that no, we've definitely it's it's not been easy. Um, you know, Eba was at the hospital pretty much every night for a month, and I was separate. And so you know, now we're back together for the last two months, pretty much. And so, just working through life together and decisions and communication is a big thing. Um, me not listening and however it goes um, but yeah we're we're not perfect steve by well, far. i i i wasn't looking for perfection i just um threw that out just because i would be thinking my gosh uh, number one you sound it sounds exhausting you know she's in the hospital for a month and you're driving back and forth that that whole scenario seems exhausting to me and when i'm uh, you know I'm probably not the easiest person to hang out with, 
when I'm not exhausted, but when I'm exhausted, it's like um, all the filters come off and all the, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of um, changed my idea of, you know, I, I was accused one time of not being nice uh, by one of my Christian buddies. And uh, I said, well, like, I, I, I kind of come to this conclusion about being nice is not a fruit of the spirit, you know, like nice isn't there. Uh, love, joy, peace, long suffering, those things are there, but nice uh, is not a fruit. And, and all that niceness kind of goes out the window. Uh, when I'm exhausted, I would just imagine, and you guys coming home and being together would be uh, an opportunity, I think, for, like you said, communi- really good communication and and to communicate how you're feeling with one another. And it sounds like you've done that and the, you have conflicts. I think, you know, that's important to just acknowledge we have those conflicts, but you guys have um, asked for forgiveness or mended, somehow mended that. You're still, you're still alive and kicking. She hasn't killed you. No, no, yes. We, we haven't seen her picture, so we're not sure about her, but. <laughs> Well, you know those hernias. No, <laughs> no, no, it's yeah. Coming home, and then we've just been home. Like with this virus, you know, we're on quarantine, trying to keep safe, keep healthy, keep others from getting anything that we have, which we haven't had anything. But I would say, yeah, Steve. The biggest thing is is the communication. It it would be easy to think that we'd get everything right. But I have this tendency to think everything and put all the thoughts in my head, but they don't always come out my mouth. And so mm-hmm. I'm just sure she's reading my mind and has it all figured out what's going to happen next. And nah, it doesn't work that way. And so, yeah, things come up. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that. Cause I think we kind of all do that, expect people to read our minds and, Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when that doesn't happen, I'm really disappointed in those people. It's like, you know, like you should know exactly what I want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, sure. Matthew, do you get anything else to add to that? I mean, thank you so much for sharing that story. Um, one thing I did want to say was, you know, the people listening or watching this, um, if you want to ask for prayer requests, what would they be? If you have any. Yeah. Sanity from my wife and myself. Uh-huh. Um, that we would um, not lose sight of our daughter in all this focus on Michael. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, that Michael would recover the full use of his right, okay. right side and that he wouldn't have another stroke. I mean, that's, that's what we've been praying you know, just because it's, it's so easy to, <laughs> yeah, to just go down the road of the what ifs. What ifs, what, yeah, definitely. What is going to happen? And it can be so, so scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and we don't want your focus to be what ifs. Just enjoy what you got now. But it is right. so easy to go down that road. Right. No, it, it is. And we are enjoying what we do have right now. Yeah. Just like Michael, him being able to move and, you know, he takes advantage of it, right? Because he was right-handed and now he's got to learn how to eat with his left hand. But yeah. he doesn't, he's like, wants help to eat. Yeah. Or yeah. he like makes Eba like fill up his spoon and then, She's like, no, no, you got to lift my arm up to your mouth, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so he's like, she fills up his spoon and she's holding on to it. And he grabs her arm with his left hand. And like, Oh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. It's just like, yeah, he's, he's human too. He wants yeah. attention. Yeah, but well, we're just, yeah. yeah. But we're so rejoicing in, in his, just the recovery and what God mm-hmm. has done. Yeah. Um, and just, we've really felt like our church and just friends, just so much support. Mm. We, everybody, 
in that hospital ward, I mean, they knew who Michael was. I mean, he was like the favorite little guy. Yeah. Everybody. And we had so many visitors, you know, before the whole Corona thing, but they, they just, there was like this many papers of all the people that came to visit because everybody had to fill out, you know, are you sick and and all this stuff. Oh yeah. There's so many people from the church and um, it's just been a real blessing. Yeah. Just yeah. to have that support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's wonderful. So you mentioned earlier, uh, Matthew, that um, like I would never do this, but you tend to worry about money sometimes. Uh, yeah. And I'm just curious, uh, having uh, having had me- kind of like massive medical bills myself, uh, d- did you guys walk away with some massive medical bills just from being a month in the hospital and treatment and how you doing in terms of that part of the, the picture. Well, yeah, God is really taking care of us. I think at this time, um, Michael's medical stuff was um, covered, I think through some Medicaid stuff. Mm. And one of Alicia's brothers also set up like a GoFundMe account. Um, that helped take care of, <laughs> yeah, just not working and, and other things that came up. And so that's been a huge, a huge blessing. And God's really, he's provided, you know, I think about it some days. I'm like, why the, the whys are more like, why God have you taken good care of us and all this? And mm. how is it that Michael's recovering? And why if he's gonna recover why did this happen in the first place god but maybe like you said Noah, i need to talk with him more (laughs) (laughs) it's just an idea that's all yeah (laughs) so i'm wondering matthew would you would you want to share that gonna go fund me info with us now Uh, no, I think we actually closed it down. I think um, I think it was up there for a month or two, and we reached. I think we almost reached the goal that we had, and so cool. um, I think God's really, really taken care of it. And I, I really just once again just so thankful for friends and family and the, the church. I mean, there were so many people from church just just came and showed up and brought food and. Nice. Um, it was really amazing. God really took care of it. And so, yeah, I think in some ways just the worry he took care of. It was like, I didn't have to worry and he like took care of things. Mm. And it's easy to go back there and want to pick up that worry, you know, wherever I dropped it. But um, I think right now I'm just trying to, trying to trust even through all the <laughs> the crazy stuff with the virus and as I'm sure you guys are too. Yeah. It's definitely uh, different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really like what you just said, Matthew. And I think that's uh, for me just uh, uh, remarkable after all you've been through in the last few months um, for you to say, uh, you know, I don't have to worry, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's gonna, he takes care of things. Uh, wow, what a, what a great message for me to hear uh, that I, and th- that I could go back and pick it up if I wanted to, but I actually I really don't have to. Uh, man, that's, um, seems for me really life-giving. Mm-hmm. What a great, what a great um, message uh, do you have for me? today thank it's you not to say hey you're welcome steven thank you i it's not to say i won't go back and pick it up though because sure yeah it's me that makes things run in life and so i gotta pick up that worry and carry it oh my gosh yeah well it, that's why i like hanging out with you <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're, you're super 
yeah, I get to see Christ in you, and I get to see him in a perfectly human guy, and it's I just appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, thanks, Steve. <laughs> so, Noah, maybe uh, you have any other questions or comments? That I don't think so. I think I got it all. I hammered him as much as I could about relationship with God. <laughs> uh, it's good. <laughs> well, uh, maybe sometime we'll get to see Yvonne here if she's still alive. Uh, or you, she doesn't have to have a, another hernia from, you know, you guys are in Alaska. You're probably out her. She's out chopping firewood when she's not being physical therapist and mom and yeah. wife and uh-huh. teacher. Uh yeah, she's she's a very talented person. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> I would agree. Well, she's, she, if she's not listening right now, so I'll like say I know she married this really incredible guy too, and uh, a big-hearted, uh, uh, generous person who's. Uh, it, it's really cool how you guys are uh, together and and growing and learning and trusting. Mm-hmm. So just a great, great example and model for me. Oh, thank you, Steve. I appreciate your encouragement and your questions. They're good. I like them. <laughs> well, th- thanks for being so generous <laughs> in your answers. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Matthew, for just telling us your last couple month journey. Mm-hmm walking with the Lord and all of this. It's encouraging to me. I know it's encouraging to Steve. So just thanks for everything you said. Um, I always like doing these podcasts because then I can spend the rest of the day just thinking about them and thanking the Lord for it. So just thank you for being willing to get on here with us and do it. Yeah. Mm, Thank you. Thank you, Noah and Steve, for inviting me. I really enjoyed it. Enjoyed being with you guys. Thanks so much. Well, thank you for listening. Steve, you got anything else? Oh, just grateful to be with you guys. Just uh, so uh, thrilled. I'm feeling really great to be with you. Yeah, maybe someday we can do a podcast like this actually all together. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Love you guys. All right. Love you too. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.